This is episode 442 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Emergency Shelters When You Are On The Move. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, I hope you've had a chance to go and check out the free video lesson, the free video course that I have over at PrepperWebsite.com. Of course, I have it linked in the show notes and over at theprepperwebsitepodcast.com to get you over there very easily. But it's the a video lesson or a video course on the three easy ways to get started in food storage. And uh, there's some worksheets, a lot of good stuff. So hopefully you take advantage of it. And for those of you that are always on the go, there is an MP3 that you can download of the lesson and so that you can take it with you on the way. And also don't forget about that Amazon t-shirt, that Prepped and Aware. You can support Prepper Website and the Prepper Website podcast by purchasing one of those. It's also linked in the show notes. So the other day I told you that I my throat was hurting a little bit, you know, and then yesterday things were really good. And I'm back to that, uh, that throat hurting and feeling a little scratchy. Actually, it's not feeling as scratchy. It's just more sore now. And so uh, maybe I, I'm just pushing it, pushing it too much, I guess. And so I'm going to go ahead and do the podcast and go get myself some chamomile tea. But uh, this first article comes to us, or our only article. I keep saying our first article because I used to read so many articles and then it would be like, you know, the podcast would go for an hour. Um, the, our article of the podcast comes to us from askaprepper.com and it's entitled Emergency Shelters When You Are On The Move. There's just a lot of good inf- lot, there's a lot of good information here that hopefully that you would come and take a look at some of the pictures that are here and just think about what you would do if you ever needed to make a shelter out in the wild. Now, there's, you know, things of course we we're always wanting to make sure that we have shelter that is very very important and for the most part most people are going to be you know bugging in but you know i don't know after yesterday's podcast you might have a different view of that but it's just smart to know how to do this have the concept down and if you ever get a chance to go out there and, and maybe put some tarps up and and try some of these other things then I think it's really good. It's just good knowledge to have. So let's just go ahead and, and dive deep into this one here. Again, coming to us from askaprepper.com, emergency shelters when you are on the move. Surviving is all about prioritizing your needs. There are a lot of things you need to stay alive and healthy, but you don't need them all right now. Some things can wait a while, but others are more urgent. Ask any survival expert for the top priority, and they're going to say emergency shelter. Yes, you can only survive three days without water, but if you're caught without shelter in a blizzard or even a late fall night in the average northern forest, you're not going to have to worry about three days from now because you're not going to be around by dawn. Shelter always features in preppers in a prepper's plan, whether it's a bug out or bug in location or the tent you'll be carrying on your way to one. Life doesn't always go as planned though, What happens if you're away from home when a crisis hits and have to get back there without the gear you've expected to have? 
What if you're hunting or foraging in the woods but get lost or injured and find yourself facing a night in the open? There are many scenarios that could see you having to improvise a shelter. So knowing how to do it is a key survival skill. In fact, if you don't know this one, the rest aren't going to help you so much. You know, not too long ago, I did an article that I found on uh, on a father and son who got lost and uh, they expected them to be dead because of the, the weather or whatever. But he had built a shelter because he saw it like on one of the survival shows like Survivor Man or, or I can't remember which one it is exactly. But uh, I mean, that was pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, they found him. They found both of them alive because they were able to build a shelter. And so all the, the people that were out looking for him, all the patrols, you know, they were all very surprised about that. OK, so what kind of emergency shelter should you make? There are a few basic shelter designs. The right one for you will depend on the environment you're in, the weather, the materials you have to work with. They all have their advantage and disadvantages, so it's best to know how to make them all. Here are the main emergency shelter types. So the first one is a lean-to. The lean-to is the simplest kind of shelter and also one of the most versatile. It can be made from almost any materials and is easy to build in most locations. Basically, a lean-to is a shelter made from a single roof panel, raised at one end and meeting the ground at the other. When putting up a lean-to, aim to have the open and downwind. That way, the wind will be hitting the edge that is in contact with the ground and deflecting up and over the shelter. You'll be protected from wind chill and there will also be a bubble of relatively still air just outside the shelter. Put a fire there and it will be protected too, and its heat will be able to get in the open end of the shelter while smoke stays outside. Build a reflector of wet logs behind the fire to get the maximum benefit from its heat. If there's a fence, wall, or fallen tree handy, it can be used to hold up the raised end of your lean-to, although this might stop you putting a fire downwind. Alternatively, you can support the end with two upright posts and, if you're building the shelter from natural materials, a crossbar. The second time is a frame or tent shape. Shelters can be built in the shape of a classic tent. This is a bit more complicated than a lean-to, but it gives better protection from the elements because it's in contact with the ground on two sides. That does a better job of keeping warm air in and the wind and rain out. For maximum protection, close off one end of the shelter, leaving one open as a door. Set up tent-style shelters with the door downwind again you can put a reflector fire here for extra warmth. In the woods, a tent-style shelter can be supported by a line or pole between two trees. In more open ground, either a single pole or an A-frame of two poles lashed together will work fine. If you're roofing it with natural materials, add a ridge pole between the uprights. Look for the straightest branch or sapling you can find. Okay, so the third type is a flat shelter. Anyone who's been in the army has probably spent some time under a shelter half with its corners bungeed to four trees. This is a simple but useful shelter, especially if you're worried about rain or frost, but not wind. One of the most useful things about it is that you can set it up at any height, 18 inches off the ground if you want to sleep under it, or 8 feet up to give you and your buddies a place to stand out of the rain. If you're using a tarp or ground sheet, a flat shelter will give you the maximum protected space underneath it. Of course, the flat shelters do have disadvantages. They're open all around, so there's no protection from the wind. Water also tends to collect on top, 
and eventually its weight can bring the whole thing down. Add a slight slope if you can, and if you're using a tarp, get it stretched out as tight, as flat as possible. Okay, so again, guys, there's a lot of uh, pictures here, so that gives you an idea of what they're talking about if you're not familiar with bu building shelters out in the wild. So what materials can you use to make your emergency shelter? Unless you're actually in the desert, you can build a shelter pretty much anywhere. You just need to know how to use the materials at hand. Luckily, there's a variety of things you can make a shelter from. So waterproof sheets. If you're carrying a tarp, ground sheet, shelter, half or even a rain cape, you're going to have no trouble building a shelter. These make the most waterproof roofs you can get, and they're also very light. That means the structure of the shelter can be simpler. For example, you can make a tent-style shelter with no ridge pole. The tarp needs at most a length of 550 cord to support it. Best of all, building a shelter with a waterproof sheet is fast and easy. If the weather's gone bad in a hurry and you're caught in it, every minute counts. Minimize lost body heat and soap gear by being able to build a shelter in five minutes rather than a couple of hours. So what about scavenged plastic? We're a throwaway society these days and usually that sucks. Sometimes you can be grateful for it though. Even in rural areas, there's usually plenty plastic sheet lying around in the form of garbage. Old feed and fertilizer sacks, trash bags, even plastic bags from the grocery store. Collect enough of them and they can be fixed to a lightweight frame to make a pretty watertight roof. Make the frame by lashing or weaving thin straight branches together in a grid. Plastic can then be tied to the bars of the grid. Start adding plastic from the bottom and overlap the layers so water can't penetrate between pieces. Alright, so next is leaves. If you've stood under a tree in the rain, you'll know that leaves are pretty good at keeping the water off. They'll do a good job on your shelter too, just don't try tying individual leaves to the frame, you'll be there forever. Instead, collect leafy branches, again start at the bottom and overlap layers, you'll probably have to double up as well, otherwise there will be gaps between leaves that rain and wind can get through. So another thing that you can do is when you start at putting material up against whatever like wall or roof or whatever you're creating, and then you can find big bunches of leaves. So, I mean, you're going to put those, you know, branches with leaves and stuff like that on there, but then eventually throwing big piles of leaves, if you can muster that, right? So if you have uh, another plastic tarp where you can gather a bunch of leaves and you can throw that on top of it, that can create a pretty warm shelter. And so there is uh, another picture here that would show you that. Okay, so then there's grass. Long grass is even more effective than leaves if you get enough on your shelter and fasten it the right way. In fact, thatched roofs, layered bundles of grass or reeds were used on houses for centuries and there are still plenty of them keeping homes warm and dry in England and other countries. Cut long grass and make it into bunches. Tie them at the cut end, then fasten them to your shelter frame with the cut ends up. Again, start at the bottom and overlap. The rain will run down the stalks rather than finding its way through, and it'll all end up on the ground instead of on you. Then there's snow. Being caught without shelter in a blizzard is one of the worst things that can happen to you, but if you know what you're doing, the blizzard itself will give you the materials you need to survive it. Don't waste time trying to build an igloo though. That's a highly skilled job and unless you're an Eskimo, you probably don't have the skills. 
Instead, just look for a deep snowdrift and burrow into one end of it. Excavate a tunnel, then a small cave along and wide enough to lie down in. Just remember that the bigger you make it, the more of your body heat will go to heating it up. Smooth down the inside to reduce drips as snow melts and push a stick through the roof, giving that a wiggle occasionally to keep an air hole open. You should also check the access tunnel to make sure drifting snow isn't sealing it off. It's easy to asphyxiate in a snow cave if you don't keep some ventilation going. You can pack that excavated snow into rough blocks, then stack them into a wall to keep snow out of the tunnel. If you're in the open and there aren't any drifts handy, resurrect your childhood snowman making skills. Make a big snowman, then roll it along the ground until it's as big as you can push. Make three or four more and push them all together. Pack snow into any gaps, then tunnel into the middle of the pile. So lastly, don't forget to find a good site for your shelter. Spending an extra two minutes looking for the right location can make all the differences. Here are some things to look for. Even the best improvised shelter can take a beating in a high wind. Walls, rocks, or folds in the ground can all take the worst out of the wind before it gets to you. Save your roof some work and pitch your shelter under a tree canopy. Some rain will get through the leaves, but a lot less than you'd get out in the open. And it won't be traveling as fast either, so the water pressure will be lower. Trees tend to shed water outward, so if you're inside the perimeter of its canopy, you'll be protected. Just avoid old or dead trees in a high wind. Then dips and hollows. These often look like great places to shelter. They're not. Cold air sinks, so on a cold night, being in a 15-foot deep hollow can translate into an air temperature 5 degrees Fahrenheit lower. Dips and hollows are bad in the rain too. The bottom is likely to get soaked. If it's a gully, you could even get caught in a flash flood. So don't look for the high ground, but avoid the lowest spots too. All right, so that's the end of the article. There are 14 comments here. One of the comments that I wanted to, uh, well, two of them, right? So the first one was talking about um, if your shelter is made in the woods or under a lone tree, look up before you pick your shelter location. There could be dead limbs that could fall on you and cause serious injury or death. This is a must-do in a wooded area, especially if there's windy conditions. And so I think he did mention that up in the article, but uh, that's just a good reminder that you do that, right? And then uh, this last one, add the five W's to emergency shelter site selection. Wind, find site with minimum wind impact. Water, close water good, avoid terrain that could flood. Widowmakers, avoid dead overhead trees. Wood, close wood, close wood for fire. And wigglies, avoid insects such as anthills, bees, etc. Okay, just a little extra information there. Go ahead and check this article out. I, again, I think um, looking at pictures are very, you know, it, it's very helpful when you're trying to imagine something, right? And you're trying to, to picture what it would look like. Um, having a picture is really worth a thousand words in, in some of these things because you get an idea of what 
it should look like, you know? And so there's a, a couple of pointers there to, to be thinking about. You want to be out of the wind. You want to make sure that you are safe from things falling on top of you. Uh, you know, in any location, you can build a shelter unless, you know, you're out there in the desert because you're just kind of out there open in the, in you know, in the in the sand, I guess, um, that would be a little bit harder to do. You would have to find uh, like, you know, rock crevices and things like that and try to do the best that you could there. But for the most part in the woods and, and you know, in other places that you're going to find yourself, you can build shelters. And so it's just always good to have this skill in the back of your mind. And if you can practice, that's great. But, you know, one of the things that was mentioned here, and I'm going to go ahead and end with this, is when it talked about having some kind of plastic with you. And so, you know, if you have an EDC or let's just say you have your vehicle, it might be a good idea to put a tarp in there. Now, if you if you live by a harbor freight, many times the harbor freight, you know, they send out their little coupon books or whatever. And you, when you buy something there, you get a tarp for like really cheap, right? Uh, sometimes they they even sell the, uh, the, the smaller tarps for like three, 397 or whatever and there was one time where I bought like five or six of them and I just had them in the garage and we've used them for different things like out in the garden and and when we would do different things and they're just useful to have around and so if you can do that if you come up on a cell if you you know if harbor freight you know those aren't they're not going to last forever um, there's some that are a little bit better made but you know they will last and I have had some from harbor freight that have lasted a long time so if you can throw some kind of plastic tarp, something like that in your, in your, you know, in your vehicle, in your bug out bag, whatever, that would always be helpful to have, you know, the bigger the tarp, the bigger the shelter you can make if you have more, if you're going to have more people with you. But uh, I just think it's, it's smart to have one of those. And then if you needed to roll it up, you could roll those up pretty tightly and then just kind of pack it on the outside of your pack. If you needed to do that, you know, if, it, if you were bugging out or whatever, or you had it on a, in a bug out bag or, or, or get home bag or something like that, or you're just leaving it in your vehicle, right? You could just put it underneath a seat or something. It's just, I think it's uh, one of those things to, to have. All right, guys, like I said, this is over at askaprepper.com. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And so you can go check it out if this is something you think you want to go get a little bit more information. And of course, there's always going to be links. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 442. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to the Prepper website, podcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.